0: Hello and welcome back to All My Darlings, where we are reading Marguerite Young's Angel in the Forest. And we are on the last chapter, page 313, and appropriately named, Farewell to New Harmony. So there's a long quote uh, underneath the title from the writings of Robert Owen. the primary and necessary object of all existence is to be happy but happiness cannot be obtained individually it is useless to expect isolated happiness all men must partake of it or the few can never enjoy it Man can therefore have but one real and genuine interest which is to make all his races peaceful in character and happy in feeling as the original organization or nature of each will admit and the only contest among men then will be who shall the most succeed in extending happiness to his fellows no animal will be wantonly destroyed the whole animal creation will lose its fear of man thus will a terrestrial paradise be formed in which harmony will pervade all that will exist upon the earth and there will be none to hurt or destroy throughout the whole extent of its boundaries the practice of the rational religion will consist in promoting to it the utmost of our power the happiness and well-being of every man woman and child without regard to their sect class party or color and its worship in those expressible feelings of wonder admiration and delight which when man is surrounded by superior circumstances only will naturally arise from the contemplation of the infinity of space of the eternity of duration of the order of the universe and of the and of that incomprehensible power by which the atom is moved and the aggregate of nature is governed from the writings of robert And I think it's what's lost a lot, a lot of times. And they've had like an economist say something like that. Like, um, yeah, it is useless to expect isolated happiness. All men must partake of it. Um, And I agree with that statement just because it's hard to I was trying to think of our own personal circumstances. Like, yeah, we're okay. We're fine. We're, we're set where we are and there's not a problem. But so, and so it isn't anything necessarily with us, but you also need that sense of security outside of yourself. Like you're not an island. If the people are uh, insecure outside of you, and then that makes you insecure even if you if even if you are set up even if you are rel- happy relatively happy and uh able to um take care of your property and everything and personhood and everything else um there's a certain extent of that needs to be expanded outwards and i think that's where a lot of I think that like gets lost. It's like, well, if I can just, you know, build a wall high enough, if, you know, if I can just do that, then I don't have to worry about anything outside of it. And it just, that's not how it works. It's not how any of the, how any of this works. <laughs> so on the graveyard hill outside New Harmony, this summer day in 1940, overlooking all time and space, sits Fuzzy Wuzzy with her children around her and Cherubim, too. Under the blowing smoke trees, high above the wide sweeping river and its islands, Fuzzy Wuzzy and her children are eating raw hamburgers out of a paper sack. Raw hamburgers? Down in the valley, the old hogs grunt and the pigs squeal. Here in the graveyard, it is beautiful. Nobody will hurt you. Fuzzy Wuzzy sits with her head against the tomb of a Greek inspired Ephemera all die at sunset, and Fuzzy Wuzzy's children toss their ball above a fence of tombs inscribed with other words. The spirit of man is immortal. The baby turns to Fuzzy Wuzzy's stomach. There is a dead, naked sparrow at Fuzzy Wuzzy's feet. There is an old tin wreath that Fuzzy Wuzzy puts on her head. It is their picnic, high above the river, where it don't matter if they don't have no breeches on, for nobody can see them. Pretty soon it will be time to go down the graveyard hill hand in hand. The waitress at the saloon says she wishes she could go outside New Harmony. She was born where Faeba Pavelli used to be. All the good people, the waitress says, are up on the hill. It has always been that way since the world began. The barber, sharpening his home, says that he does not wish to leave New Harmony, a place for the planting of peach trees, when the world is ended. What would Shakespeare have to write about it if everything were as it should be? The barber would be unhappy in a perfect world. It is the world's imperfection that keeps him going day from day. From day to day, the theater owner says, "Well, it was like this. When he came to New Harmony, he was so discouraged he just sat down, and his wife cried. They had heard it was the scene of two Utopias, and what did they find but a dead town, exactly what they experienced all the way through Kentucky. The seats in the show sagged. There were cobwebs woven over the screen. A spider focused bigger, a, fi- a spider focused bigger than Charlie Chaplin with his shoes on. There were bats flying overhead, just like in a Kentucky cave town." "'Honestly, it was awful. "'At that point, the theater owner says the undertaker stepped in. "'God knows why. "'The undertaker said that things were never so bad as they seemed. "'He said cheer up. "'He lent them enough paint to make a decent appearance. "'They built a glass cage in front of the ticket seller. "'They made all kinds of improvements in the interior, too. "'They added a lobby with velvet curtains. "'The undertaker lent them some paper roses and green urns "'he might have to throw back, borrow back.' They put up paper stalactites, for they had come here from the Cape Country. Pretty soon they felt at home. Everything looked so real. People expressed their appreciation. In New Harmony, a strange thing has happened. They are happy. They don't know how it happened, but all of a sudden, they began to be interested in human nature. This is the biggest show on earth, old human nature, and free to everybody. The theater owner says he feels like somebody now. He is watching the show outside in the streets. Everybody wants to come inside. The show is out there, milling. He feels like a preacher under a big tent. Still, although he has a job, which is to bring the outside in, he can't run pictures about faraway subjects such as, the pre- such as a preacher does. Highbrow things don't go over in a small town. The week he played Lost Horizon was a, hell, was a hell on earth for him. The farmer saw no sense in the damn thing. Shangri-La, how there could be snow one minute and warm sunlight. No. No. Get down. Get down. Get down thank you. He actually listened to me. With green leaves the next, just by turning a corner, or how a man 85 years old could have all his teeth in his head, like that lamb in a monastery, Sam Jaffe. Such things simply could not happen, they say, and would rather see something that is at least possible, like Shirley Temple, Greta Garbo, is Shangri-La to them. Oh, this theater has its troubles, all right. The boy who runs the machine in the booth cannot figure out how so many cowboys get killed every Saturday night, yet they keep on coming back. He would think they would not be so dumb. A fellow he saw hanged by the noose one Saturday night turned up broad and smiling the very next, helping to hang someone else who had already helped to hang him. This didn't seem quite reasonable. The boy in the booth said it made his head roar trying to figure out why Hollywood would do such a thing or think people could be so dumb, the same way he could see that the film was on one disc and the voice on the other, but not how they got together away out on the screen. Some day he was going to put the tracks mixed up just to see what would happen. He was going to make women crow-like roosters just for the hell of it. Another thing, he wants to know how there could have been Hollywood photographers away back there at the burning of Sodom photographing Cleopatra, especially when he saw her just the other day in Arizona, pushing a couple of cowboys over a banister. "'Oh, this theater owner has his troubles all right, you can tell the world. "'Besides the boy in the booth, who has a glass eye, there is always taxation. "'There is a tax on the seat, there is a tax on the screen. "'He has got to the point where he cannot absorb any more taxes, "'though that is what he has always done so far. "'His wife says he is public-spirited, "'but when a poor farmer with a family makes seven dollars a week "'and has to pay rent, a penny looks mighty big to him, see? "'So far the theater owner has paid all the pennies "'and has done everything he could think of to keep business from dying.' Sweetheart Knight is two for a dime. Of course, his wife says that as long as he has his worries, he will be happy, which is probably the God's truth, since he's a Republican. There was a fire in the booth last year and a flood the year before, or almost a flood. Nature was complaining against the Department of Agriculture. The old Irish sailor says that he would be glad to say farewell to New Harmony, that is, if he was in his right senses, but he isn't, and that is the... Way he got here? Sure, he's a Democrat. It was like this: see, in Buenos Aires, he heard New Harmony was the scene of two utopias. It was one night, and a hot gambling joint. What a fool he was not to know that Buenos Aires, with butterflies measuring six feet from wingtip to wingtip, had none had more nature in human nature than who Harmony will ever dream of. Well, he was rounded the Cape of good hope in a storm one day when the idea, which had been in the back of his mind, struck him full in the face. Maybe he would be better off in New Harmony, a place where there would be plenty of peaches, and a country churchyard. So nothing happened. He drifted. He went around the world with a mad millionaire in a padded cell in a private yacht. The millionaire had killed his sweetheart and gotten himself declared insane. It was easy. The millionaire never saw the world at all, though he went around it. At every meal, he put out a plate of crumbs for invisible birds. He thought they were his girl, see? After a while, he got himself declared sane. So that was the end of a good job. Then one night in New Orleans, the sailor on holiday knocked out a fellow who, just as he was passing out like a light, looked up out of one eye and said, out of the corner of his mouth, he heard New Harmony was the scene of two utopias. Honestly, it was enough to make his blood run cold. Then one night, Corpus Christi, corpus christi he ran into a woman who owned a lot of real estate so he dragged her to the altar not asking where for he was getting too old to plow the ocean any longer where should it be but new harmony of all the places on god's green earth why did not somebody tell him so here he stands high and dry he has a tattoo of the western hemisphere on his chest tattoo of the eastern hemisphere on his back he's covered all over with the words remember the Marne." he goes out behind the gooseberry bush with his bottle when he wants to forget can't drink in the house because his wife is a christian woman he would like to sell the old rap house where the rats are as big as dogs and buy a trailer and see america first But what's use of wishing his wife says it would be just the same old 76 another filling station another gooseberry bush and she is heavy on her feet as ever the guy he knocked out in new orleans must have known this would happen his wife used to fly the trapezes for barnum and bailey before she fell that was before he knew her though that was when he was buying wild animals for hog an old lady says she is nobody. Arist- Aristocracy looks out from her eyes. No, she is not a pot to cook her dinner in. That is a sad story. All she has is collected works of Ruskin. It was this way. When she was a young girl, she worked for a drunken saddler. Punching holes in leather, she made a design of lilies with burnished thread. Her saddles were famous, though nobody knew her name, for she was nobody. The drunken saddler was educated, a socialist. When she got tired, he quoted Ruskin at her her eyes went blind and only recently has she been able to get her sight back cobwebs like ruskin are blown away it was a hard youth she could not go in nutting with the other boys and girls oh what an empty nutshell the ruskin was the leather that covers the books is lovely there's nothing to remember she went to the state fair once in indianapolis she rode up with a cartload of dappled ponies their eyes as big as moons she caught a ride back with a corpse that was a long time ago well, she can see no difference between the new jerusalem and the new moral world. She wants her immortality to be violets in the wet ground. She has asked not to have geometry put under her head. Geometry is so confusing. If she could have an urn, she would be happy. She approves of all the housing projects. Old farmer says it is a long hard road to hoe. No happiness don't seem to him like the instinct of the universe, as he wipes his brow with a red handkerchief. This is just some more of the Secretary of Agriculture's propaganda. He would trust no further. He would trust no farther than you can throw a bull by the tail. Those gentlemen in the White House are always manufacturing ideas. By the way, his best bull up and died. It's that if that's what you call the happiness of the, the universe. The government kills all your hogs and says you can't plant corn in the cornfields. Then your wife falls out of a tree at cherry picking time. Has this administration ever so much as sent up a prayer for rain? Benefit old gentleman, bearded like a patriarch, taps with his cane on the sidewalk, pushing a golden rain tree leaf which has fallen. He has traveled everywhere, he says, with pride that he is not provincial. Twice a year, for nearly thirty years, he made a trip to Chicago. That's where he gets all his handmade shoes and gloves. "'He has found no place however so rare as New Harmony, the golden rose which marked his soul from childhood up, and gave him his sense of values and human dignity. "'Chicago ought to be ashamed of itself. Human life is cheap up there. He still thinks New Harmony has it all over Chicago. "'That was the way it was in the beginning, and that is the way it will be in the end. "'It seems to him that, when all is said and done, New Harmony is still a good place for utopia.' It has never been spoiled by smoke, grime, and factories. There are no industries of death here. Oh, it is the gate to paradise. A free hospital might be located on Indian Mound. Though suffering from a disease, the lungs could enjoy a salubri- salubrious, salubrious air and a fine view of the river. There never was a better pasture land. New Harmony is a great place for longevity, as he himself is the living proof, having a sound chest and all his own teeth and his own head, at the age of sweet sixteen and never being kissed. New Harmony is just as old Father Rapp would have had it. A place for the keeping of things. Robert Ohm was the great windbag always making false promises. It is God's earth, so tapping with his cane upon the walk, stopping to peer at every drain, leaves clog, the water never runs off quite right. And though the farmers say not, there has been quite a shower here. He goes on his way. He is the voice that keeps the Negroes out of New Harmony. It don't make any difference what that old Croesus tells you, his fellow traveler says, ragged at the elbow, with dust of pollen on his beard and a bundle of daisies in his arms. He looks as mad as King Lear in a dry season. If you want to know anything about New Harmony, here's the only man who won't make it prettier than it is. I am the true Owenite, he organized his thoughts. "'They have made an aristocrat and an ancestor out of Robert Owen. "'It is a rotten shame. "'I am going to put these flowers in the grave of Judith, my wife. She, "'He was not an Episcopalian. "'He never cared about that harpsichord or the pearl-handled riding whip. "'All he ever cared about was the workers of the world. "'All he ever owned was the three-legged stool. "'He left here with his pockets empty. "'He loved little children, so do I. "'These daisies are for Judith. "'Let the dead bury the dead, I say. "'He worked for an undertaker when he was a kid?' He could do everything but cut the jugular. He didn't have a license to cut the jugular. If he had had a license, he would have cut it. I never went much to school. My mother beat me with a pearl-handled writing whip. I was picked up quite a bit of... I have picked up quite a bit of information. There was a little man sitting in the British Museum. He was under the bust of Queen Anne. His name was Karl Marx. All the while that Robert Owen was working for the workers of the world, there sat Karl Marx. The workers of the world will be united. Robert Owen didn't have a license. Max... Marks cut the juggler. Robert Owen was like me. He loved the world. When the workers of the world are united, it is a Robert Owen who will resurrect them. I always spit at Hitler when his face comes on the screen. He can't get away with murder, I tell him. Maybe you think this world is a concentration camp, I tell him. I would like to join with Judith, my wife, wherever she is. She is not anywhere. Storekeeper says, and he has Father Rapp's statue in the window, over the fly swatters and bottles of wild bee honey. Well, aren't we all looking for greener pastures? That's why I came here. The people are so much friendlier than those in Little Rock, Arkansas. They are so much more public-spirited too. They live with history in their blood. He is always kicking against history in the dark. He found a pair of Father Rapp's old spectacles. They must have been his up under the caves at the ta- oh, up under the eaves of the tavern. When he put them on his nose, everything looked bigger than it was. By God, he almost saw an angel. His wife said that maybe it was that automobile accident giving him trouble again. Another time he was pulling down a house when he came on Father Rapp's old strong box. It must have been his. It was empty, not even a scrap of paper. What was it doing in the ground? So he passed on to the museum down the road. That's the genuine beauty of this place, the storekeeper concludes. You don't have to do anything to get into history. You are just there. You can put me in among the Indian skulls and conch shells. I won't complain the town philosopher sits on the porch behind dusty moon vines asleep with a fly on his nose he is the oldest man around here practically a centarian, centenarian a tree that blossomed once in a hundred years aroused from helpless slumbers he is glad to express the opinion of the world There are those who would give no more votes to a controlled society than they would give to the world's end. They scoff at it. They say it is a dream. They say that nobody wants it, that human nature is not ready for it. Who would be happy in a world purged completely of error? Suppose such a world possible, they say, and not one horse thief in the entire creation, not even a chance for graft. They say it would last no longer than Prohibition did. They say that competition has no limits, not even the sky they say that the rule of the strongest is the only rule that without it business must sicken and die they oppose the union of labor and the emancipation of the slave they oppose every attempt to reorientate the world on net rational principles they point out the diver- divergence thus far between the dream and the achievement not as the present world crisis but as the crisis of the world in eternity their conception of life is an elusive one they substitute words for things they purchase space in newspapers the ideal of a common good is at war with all their vested interests their privileges their powers the ideal is at war with all the experience of the past they say and with that of the future they are the dictators to whom the great mass of mankind seems like poor cattle they do not believe in human nature the only collectivism from their point of view is the collectivism of war in spite of their primitive sous and their strange argument that men can be, retic- can be protected from destroying them, or that the union of labor can grow only through its death, the many are not deceived. The many know that the dream of controlled society is not a dream, though the symbolic life of man will have to be considered. Over at the museum the geologist says there is a collection of stones bearing human footprints. The stone which was rejected, he says, will be the chief cornerstone of the new moral world. Perhaps that world can come only after a great catastrophe to shake man out of his slothfulness and the falsehood of partial security. The miller says that, on two millers can make this, that no two millers can make the same flour, even though they be father and son, and even though they try throughout eternity, the wheat and the bread may be the same, but there will be an inscrutable difference between one flour and another as long as time lasts. Because of a difference in the millers though both are shrouded from head to foot and many a man will think they are one and the same miller the flower from one miller will seem like the flower from another but a chemical test will always show that there is a great chasm caused by something so slight that nobody can name it nobody can catch hold of it that is life the flower bears the impression of the miller's thumb the miller's soul there will always be as many flowers as there are millers. Could man but realize this difference between one flower and another, the miller says, is between one soul and another, that he might stop thinking about flour, which was never important in itself, and think more about bread, which is the only true test of flour. If the bread is all right, and if the flower is excellent, nobody ought to ask unnecessary questions. God's is excellent flour women stand in the clothing store they have come in from the outlying fields they are sun bonneted and their aprons are the color of dust yard goods bright blue and green and yellow are draped on every counter they wet the yard goods with their tongues chewing a little piece to see if the pattern will fade and weakly wash they are glad when patterns fade so that they can look till closing time seeming remote and not satisfied they will carry away the colors of their minds The times are still so hard in New Harmony every woman knows. There are only turnips to give to the doctor when the baby comes, or maybe some old rain-rotted walnuts, or maybe a beet or two. He never complains. He acts grateful. He says it will be the President of the United States if it's a boy. He says Abraham Lincoln rose from nothing. Maybe when you want him most, though, and there isn't even a kettle of hot water on the stove, and the baby's head is coming through, and you wish to God you had never been born, maybe he's far away. Out shooting birds down from the sky, more than likely. And that is just the way life goes. So when you die, the undertaker is out bringing lambs into the world. Okay, I'm going to confess the last chapter is kind of, what? (laughs) I mean, I thought it was kind of cool, like in 1940, and she's asking different people their opinion, like how they got to New Harmony and their opinion of New Harmony. But still, like, what? <laughs> All right, I brought up Harp Song for a Radical, Life and Times of Eugene Victor Debs. It's here. Let me see. And this was the last one that she worked on. All right, so that is the end of season 104. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the book as much as I did. Bye. Uh, we will start uh, next week. I'll take the rest of the week off, and we will start next week.